Vidyard. If you work in sales, marketing, you've almost certainly heard their name before. They've built an almighty brand and have pretty much dominated the video sales space. And after speaking with their head of content, Erin Ellis, it seems like the way that they've approached their content strategy has played a pretty big role in that success. From how they've structured their blog to how they guide their own employees on creating content, there's a lot there both in public but also behind the scenes that's led them to where they are today with this world-class content engine. And so for today's episode, I really wanted to take a look behind those scenes and really get to the bottom of how a category-dominating brand like Vidyard creates content. This is not an episode that you want to miss. Okay, Aaron, so a place I'd like to start for this, for this discussion is, first of all, before we get into the you know, specific content plays, the blog, the, you know, the media brand and, and everything that you guys are doing, I think it would make a lot of sense, first of all, to start with kind of how the team is actually structured at Vidyard, who's involved with the team, the content team, how does that all come together to be able to actually create all this, you know, amazing content? For sure, for sure. Um, so our content team, uh, both content marketing and social sits within mm-hmm. my team. So there's five of us total. And then usually we have an intern um, that yeah. cycles out every four months or so to help us out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple of content marketers who are responsible for mm-hmm. um, writing, you know, Got case it. studies, blog content, email mm-hmm. copy, landing page copy, that kind of thing. And then I have two social media uh, folks that are uh, content creators and manage and amplify our social channels, our corporate social channels. And then I sort of own overarching strategy mm-hmm. um, and calendar and work with our segment and other marketing teams on program mm-hmm. support. Got it. Okay. And are you guys... Uh- are you guys working with kind of any agency partners or is most of this particularly content wise, is it mostly produced in-house? Most of our content is produced in-house. Um, we have a pretty mm-hmm. talented team. Our social mm-hmm. team is great at creating imagery, videos, mm-hmm. um, whatever it happens to be. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, we do have internal designers and a video production team. So yeah. for bigger projects or programs, we'll work with that internal team for those assets. Um, and then for big brand awareness campaigns, that's when we would bring in agency partners, yeah. um, just from a, a polished and scalability and mm-hmm. amplification pr- process, we would work more on that side. So, so when, so when you, just to clarify that, when you say kind of big projects, what do you mean? Is that like product videos? Is that like the big, what, 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 what's, what is More that? Yeah. brand awareness campaigns. So mm-hmm. if we were looking to do, um, ads or got it retargeting or Mm -hmm. those types of things or say you know we've done big holiday videos are usually a big part of our yearly thing that we do um around christmas time um we usually work with an agency um to do those type Mm -hmm. of like big program Mm -hmm. um videos got it and i guess as a a bit of a side question Right. Uh, I'm always I'm always curious kind of hearing this from people who are who are in-house and have a mostly kind of in-house content team. What's your I guess what's what's your perspective on on agencies and 
I guess specifically here content agencies and how they fit into that do you do you think they should have more involvement do you think it should be mostly produced in-house obviously all, all your opinion uh but yeah what's what, what what do you think on that I think in general um just access to equipment whether that be you know just smartphones even um yeah. or relatively inexpensive camera and audio mm -hmm. equipment um or even just setups like this where you're just recording yourself or you know whatever it happens to be i think more people on their personal side are becoming content creators and then that sort of feeds into on the professional side getting a little more comfortable creating your own video content so i think there's always going to be a place for the agency again for those mm -hmm. like super polished big brand pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. and again if you have budget mm -hmm. um but i do think it's falling more on individuals mm -hmm. and smaller teams to just create mm. content especially that transactional type social content that it's sort of one and done um you can be quicker it doesn't have to be super polished um and then yeah just the volume you can pump out it just makes a lot more sense if you can do it in-house both from a turnaround time and then just budget as well a lot of uh teams don't have the budget to work with agencies for most mm. of their video content makes sense i mean one one point there um again we, we could kind of come to this later we'll probably come to this a little bit more later on but obviously i know you guys and you particularly in the sales field you, you know you, you see a lot of you know sdrs bdrs you know building their own personal brands now you know you've got loads of individuals that i follow um i guess for those that are creating their own content and you know that are particularly i'm talking you know sdrs bdrs those those that are building their own personal brands have you got a function within the content team where you're working with those individuals to kind of help them to facilitate that you know create that content so if they're creating their own videos are they kind of just editing it themselves are they are they doing it themselves or are you kind of working with them to do that uh it's probably a little bit of both and it depends mm -hmm. on personality. Um, yeah. If we're talking specifically the BDR SDR role, um, that's more of an entry level sales position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So typically that's going to be a younger generation of employee and they're just more naturally comfortable on social. And just sharing they've themselves. Grown up yeah. on social and sharing mm -hmm. themselves in their lives. So yeah. I feel for that group in particular, um, there's probably things that I could learn from how they're creating <laughs> yeah. content, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the average, you know, person that we like, even as a, a marketing team, as an example, so we have a small video production team, um, but we did sort of an internal challenge of uh, upping our skills across marketing. So our video production team pulled together a little training course, and then we were each challenged to create videos um, awesome. using the yeah. little training that we got from our production team. So I think there's uh, mm -hmm. internal opportunities where you could coach or mm. um, provide that... some skills yeah, for your sorry. team. Was, yeah, was, guess... was, 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 that, was that for the whole company? Was that just for the marketing team, that, that piece that, of training? Was that... that was just for the marketing team. Got it, got it. Yeah, okay. and I mean, there's nothing to say that couldn't extend that, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 to yeah. others that were interested. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of peer sort of training too that happens. Mm. Um, so if there was one salesperson that was using Canva or other tools to create video content, someone else on their team might be like, hey, that's really cool. Do you mind showing me? So yeah. there's kind of that knowledge share across yeah. team. Um, but I think it's a lot of informal learning experiences. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's a combo of depending on role and demographic. If it's the younger um, SDR, BDR starting out, I think they're more just inclined mm-hmm. to just be do it content themselves. creators and do it themselves yeah. Yeah. Um, versus others. Yeah, I think there's there's opportunity of finding who those experts are within your organization mm-hmm. and maybe creating some training or lunch and learns mm-hmm. or one-to-one um, coaching sessions on how to create video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you see that, you know, obviously like probably like yourselves and for a lot of companies, like you said, it's, it's a very informal kind of learning process, right? A lot of, like you said, SDRs, PDRs, you know, younger people, if you like, typically are just, are just creating their own, you know, that, that they are their own content creators, right? Do you, do you see, you know, you guys, you know, Vidyard, are you going to continue to try and provide, I guess, more training maybe for those that aren't creating their own content and trying to, kind of nudge them a little bit are you are you are you providing training you know for the entire company for that yeah so um a little bit for the entire company but i think from mm-hmm. our perspective and again like the sales use case for video has sort of exploded yeah. in the past year and a half two years since we've all sort of gone remote or hybrid yeah. um so our energy has sort of been focused on educating mm-hmm. um the sales communities at large on how yeah. to use video. So let's focus internally and how can we take that to, um, you know, sales people that maybe are a little reluctant to get on video or think that yeah. it's difficult to create and share a video with a prospect or customer. Um, so we like created like a video selling masterclass that talks the basics of how to create great video um, for your sales process. And then a lot of our social content could be tips and tricks. Um, and then we do a virtual summit, usually once a quarter called Got Fast it. Forward, um, yeah. where it will just be a day or two full of sessions around best practices um, it's not always video, but just best practices in sales and marketing. So there's lots of community learning opportunities yeah. and try to upskill um, sales folks who want to either start mm-hmm. with video or get better using video. Got it. So, so I guess that that in a sense, even though it's for just salespeople generally, your own internal team, sales team could be using that as well. That, yeah, that makes sense. Got it. Okay. So obviously, one of the one of the specific content plays that I that I wanted to, to kind of dig into is the is the blog, right? You know, a lot of I, I probably know several you know clients that I work with that have that are in the marketing and sales space that have you know a blog that write content. I guess how have you how have you approached the blog so it's not just you know, to be, I guess, to be straightforward about it, not just another blog, right? Not just another marketing and sales kind of, you know, tips and tricks. Like how, how have you approached that blog? So it actually, um, I guess, you know, stands out and actually provides some kind of value for you guys uh, as a marketing team. Um, so not all of our content, but a good proportion of our content is focused on video and video is what we do and what we do really well and what we're Mm -hmm. known for. So for the most part, trying to hone in on that as being a space for sales and marketers to come to learn and get education about how to use video in their sales and marketing efforts. So that's sort of the overarching goal, I would say for the blog. And then, um, because the blog property is such a huge portion of just your inbound traffic, like obviously SEO, um, what people are searching for, how they're searching for it and trying to find that, that meeting point. So you're creating content based on what folks are looking for Um, and sort of to stand out. um, It's probably about two years ago. uh, We were really into just a volumes 
game of like, okay, we've got to get a couple blogs up a week. And um, we weren't really focused on the performance of it. And then we kind of stepped back and like, okay, we're breaking our backs trying to just get out content for the sake, for of, the sake of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so we really um, stepped back and started looking at performance and ruthlessly just kind of um, archived a whole bunch of content and then really streamed to more of a pillar approach of like longer form guides um, going deeper in a topic. And then within that, you know, might be shorter posts um, digging into subtopics related to that. Um, so less of a volumes game and more of here is sort of the comprehensive look at this topic. So we sort of have three main pillars, um, one video for sales, video marketing, and then video production. Um, and if you sort of start there on our blog, that's basically what you need to know. And then if you want to dive deeper in any of the topics covered within those sort of pillar pieces, we do have off um, yeah. shoot um, post related. Um, so for video marketing, say it was, here's your overall pillar talking about everything you need to know. And then there's a separate post of the different types of video or social video um, or content strategy. So they're breaking or, it down. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of how we've approached um, our blog. And um, it's been a really good move of like, instead of just content for content's sake, like really spend time on only creating um, things that we think that people want mm -hmm. to or need to know about. And I guess that actually ties back to what you guys do, right? I think it, it, it sounds overly simple, but the amount of companies, at least from my perspective, that again, in the marketing and sales space, it will happen in other spaces as well. But obviously I see the space a lot and I'm sure you do as well. It seems like they just create blogs, like you said, just content for the sake of content. And it has literally nothing to do with anything that they do. Um, so I just think it's a, it's a really key point there of uh, the overarching theme should in a way really link back to to what you actually do as a company. Yeah, uh, I think it's an obvious point, but it's a lot of times people miss it. Yeah. Well, and it's difficult too, because you're, you're competing with a lot of other mm -hmm. content out there. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. finding your niche and what are you known for and what value can you add mm -hmm. um, to either your customers or prospective customers, or um, we also try and write from the perspective, you don't need to be a Vidyard user um, to get value from our blog. Like we try not to be super promotional. Obviously, if we can get you to try Vidyard or download some accompanying program piece, that's awesome. Like come, come into our greater <laughs> channel and we'll definitely send you a bunch of fun stuff. Um, but the idea is, yeah, if you just wanted to learn about using video for sales, you could be really using any tool. It wouldn't have to be Vidyard. Um, so yeah, that's really kind of the main goal. Got it. And obviously you, you said a few minutes ago, you were pretty, I think it was two years ago, said you were quite ruthless about getting rid of a lot of content that you were, you know, obviously had been producing before and that you'd kind of, you know, really looked at the ones that were actually performing. I guess, what was that? What were you doing before? And what, you know, what's the, what is a good blog for you? Like what, what kind of made you keep the, whichever blogs that you did, you know, what were those performance metrics for you guys that you're looking at? Yeah. Um, so I can't really remember exact numbers, but mm -hmm. yeah, we would have content with like, you know, two views on it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's doing nothing for yeah. you. And then to just overall performance of your, your website. Um, yeah. So it was more either 
um, topics that came up a lot in conversation or webinars or for sales conversations, we tried to sort of hone in on those things and then build them out further and then consolidate too, because there could have been, say, five blogs that sort of roughly touched on the same topic. And then again, if you could decommission four of those and then build some of that messaging that was maybe Back relevant into, the into that one. big pillar yeah. one, um, that's kind of how we how we approach it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess once, like, what, how do you, because I'm sure, you know, you guys produce a lot of content, you'll get a lot of feedback, you know, on social about new content ideas. And I'm sure you've got ideas all the time to write different blogs. How do you, I guess, how do you actually kind of, I guess, pull the trigger on what, you know, what to write about for this week's blog or whatever the frequency is? Like, what, what actually, you know how 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 do you actually get ideas into into those blogs and and you know what what process do you go for i guess to make mm -hmm. sure that it is actually going to be a quality piece of content um so we kind of look at what's trending or conversations that are happening mm -hmm. on social um or articles that are popping up or you know obviously remote work and virtual selling was mm -hmm. a reoccurring massive yeah massive theme over mm -hmm. the last little while um so we really started looking at we should probably start to look at some what does remote prospecting look like because prospecting use case for sales for us is huge um and it's what it's sales people are using it across the sales cycle but that's sort of when people think of video it's often for prospecting um so how can we take a specific remote lens or another sort of big trend when all the events got canceled? How do you shift to an online video or video event strategy um, versus we had content for how you use video in your event marketing. So that could be pre, um, during, post event. But then when we went online, it's like, well, how can we create another piece of content that is like solely focused on the online experience? And then to further that, who used to go work your booth? It was your SDRs and BDRs having conversations, doing demos. And so we saw an opportunity where, um, how do you network at a virtual event? Mm -hmm. And how can you use video to network at a virtual event? Mm -hmm. So just yeah. looking at, at trends from that perspective, like macro, yeah. what's going on. And then the micro trends within that. Yeah. Within that. Um, yeah. And then our main audiences. So yeah, just remote work in general. Um, HR, how you're using video to recruit. Um, how you're staying connected for internal employee communication. Video is a great tool for that. Um, and then some of the pains that we saw as a um, very face-to-face -face company where we all ate lunch together and we were very much in the office together where literally overnight we were at home. And how do we stay connected? Um, and it just so happened like our video tool was a really great thing to help us do that asynchronously. Um, so, so some of our own like wins and pains um, were also sort of good feed into, hey, this might be a really great topic. And that's kind of um, how we go about what, what makes the cut, I guess. Makes sense. So I guess at a, at a high level, it's, it's, it's finding those macro trends and then it's, it's kind of digging in and actually finding, okay, within that like macro trend that a lot of people are probably talking about at a high level you're you're actually going in and you're finding those micro trends that people actually really want to want to know want to uncover yeah cool so obviously from the blog and i know you kind of mentioned this uh, you've already kind of touched on this already um you obviously break the blog down into lots of different ways right you know you know people want to consume content differently some people like video some people like short form text 
how I guess how many ways do you break the blog down? And do you see, you know, certain channels performing better? Like, you know, do you break it break it down for social and do you see a lot of traffic coming from social, for example, you know, for example? Yeah. So um we definitely do do that. And it kind of came again to the the volume game of like, okay, let's not just create a bunch of content. Let's yeah. make the content that we have work yeah. for us. Yeah. Because it's we spend a lot of time, say, building a comprehensive blog or guide. Um, and so, yeah, we look at micro micro content opportunities from a bigger piece of content. Um, so usually for a blog post, um, we would look if there was stats or quotes or supporting videos, how can we take those pieces out and turn them into graphics mm -hmm. um, or carousel images for LinkedIn or Instagram um, where we could use that content in different ways. Um, and then video content as well. We like to, um, for we've started with our top performers where we'll take the essence of what's covered in the blog and turn that into a video format that's hosted on YouTube and then also embedded in the blog. And then we started doing audio versions as well, okay. and then embedding the audio version in the blog. So from the blog itself, it's great because you can watch, read, or listen, but then it also opens up the opportunity to be discovered elsewhere. Like YouTube is a search engine. It's huge. So even if your blog is not massive if you're going after the same keywords and it's just another format and it will come up as a different format in a Google search result. So being able to host that content on YouTube um, and then on podcast networks as well, if you have audio versions is just another way for people to discover your content. So okay, serving so it up to them where they come, mm -hmm. how they want to consume it, but then how they discover it is another opportunity for um, content marketers um, to get their content out there. Mm. yeah it's, it's interesting i think there's a lot of um a lot of companies now that are trying to do like the kind of micro content play right of just like rehashing the content and just sharing it everywhere and i think there's a there's almost a bit of a fine line with it where you don't just want to like you said almost create micro content and just go crazy for the sake of going crazy with it you, you need to kind of be thoughtful about it um, but yeah, I think it's, 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 it's absolutely key. You know, you need in this day and age where people want to consume content very differently and there's 17 different options, you know, you, 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 you do need to think about it, but you, there is a bit of a fine line, right? You, you, you don't want to go too crazy with it. Yeah. Um, and then you don't need to sort of front load it all too, right? So mm, say you had, um, yeah. if you're going to promote your blog eight times anyway, why not create eight to 12 different pieces of micro content and through your social calendar on your continued yeah. um, promotion of that asset yeah. um, over the long term, um, people aren't going to remember anyway. Um, right. So it's just different formats um, of serving it up. Um, I think is a, is a good way to approach it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I guess that kind of then leads us on, on the point of social and particularly company pages, how, how do you guys approach the company page? Obviously, you know, I, you're, you're resharing stuff from the blog. You're, you know, a lot of that will be micro content, but, you know, we all know as marketers that LinkedIn company pages are not the best places. Um, you don't get the best results. You're lucky if you get, you know, 20 likes. Um, so like, how, how do you approach, what's the frequency for you guys on the company page? Um, and I guess do, 
do 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 you see value in a like do you see a lot of value in a company page and if so you know do you think it matches personal profiles yeah i think it might depend a bit on your audience um for us linkedin is working really well because you know our main target audience mm -hmm. is sales professionals and yeah. there are sales professionals all day every day mm -hmm. on linkedin <laughs> um but yeah. it's creating content um and this is across channels um, that's mixed media. So you're not always sharing the same thing. Um, so for us, like video content, hands down, performs the best. And what type of video content, if it's sort of reels type, um, fun, meme type video content does really well. And we really like creating that type of content. Um, and it doesn't necessarily even have to have a CTA or anything. It's just like, hey, here's a fun video. So there's a mix of that. And then the other type of video content that performs really well for us, um, specifically on LinkedIn, is that uh, how-to or just even feature-based. So, you know, if you have a software product, as an example, if you dropped a new software feature and just yeah. creating, it doesn't have to be super polished. Usually it's just a little explainer video with um, I th I th our social I think, media. I think, I, think, I think the less polished it is, the better really with like those types of videos. Yes. Yeah. And so you have that more authentic feel. And then also like our social media manager, often he's the one creating it. Um, so it's Charlie creating it versus here's a polished Vidyard video. Yeah. Um, so when Charlie's created a little explainer talking about a new feature, being like, hey, did you know you can expand the bubble on Vidyard? And he actually does it. Does it, yeah. That resonates with people and that type of video content, like just little um, quick explainer type video from a person versus a handle um, does really, really well. But yeah, I can't, coming back to like, your mixed medium is what gets the best. So we're not, we're de-emphasizing just straight like blog sharing on LinkedIn and more that micro content, um, say it's some graphics or stats. Um, we're doing a lot of memes, polls are doing really well, um, carousel images. Um, mm -hmm. And again, coming back, like it doesn't always have to have a CTA. Like oh, no, your, yeah. your yeah. click-throughs on um, social aren't great anyway. Um, so it's more, what could be a conversation starter? So that's what we really like to see. If we can start a conversation and then somebody asks a question, then you'd be like, hey, here's a specific thing I can share with you that might be helpful to you. And it's really personalized and it's really fun. So for us, um, social is really more about driving engagement and conversation than yeah. click through to an asset. Yeah, um, I, I, I think if I had to boil, I mean, I spoke to some, if I spoke to uh, a the head of content at a company called Firebolt last week um, and he was saying the exact same thing and I think he said that the difference for him between a company that's winning through LinkedIn specifically LinkedIn company pages is ones that are trying to drive conversations not CTAs uh, and I think it's if you had to boil it down of between if you're going to be successful with a LinkedIn company page or not I think it really just comes down to are you are you uh you know optimizing for that or are you optimizing for someone to go and click a link uh so i think it's yeah you, you need to be focused on driving conversations on on social platforms specifically linkedin yeah for sure yeah, yeah no i guess then the other part of the of the social strategy is and a, a big emerging i guess you could say probably a lot bigger than company pages is is the personal brands right and the individuals within the company how how much of a structure 
do you have to that right i think this is this is a question that a lot of companies right now are trying to answer right of how much should we be trying to kind of guide people within our company on certain topics on certain ways to create content versus should we just let them loose and just let them do whatever they want right whatever content they want yeah how do you guys manage that correct because it's a really hard thing to try and navigate um yeah that's a good question and kind of kind of coming back to like if your corporate handle pushes something versus Mm -hmm. a person pushing something yeah People mm-hmm. connect with people. Of so course. if somebody from within um, your company shares something, it's so much more authentic and relevant. And again, to have those conversations with a person versus a handle. Um, so our employees are absolutely key to our social strategy and particularly on LinkedIn. Um, so we really encourage employees to share on their professional networks. Um, and we do have an employee amplification um, software program that we use that many, um, Everyone Social is the platform that we use internally. So you can share your content, like your corporate content, and then um, your employees can share from there to their various networks. And then they can either use canned messaging or personalize the messaging. Um, and the nice thing is it can all be tracked from it in there. And then with software tools like that, you can have like leaderboards so people can see who your top posters are. So if there's any sort of competitive nature, it adds a kind of fun element. And then you can do contests like for top performers or posters or engagers where you could you know give gift cards or we even did like stickers at one point and that still <laughs> motivated people. Um, so find, find yeah. what motivates your people and that kind of can go with that. Um, so there's that stream where we have like a, a, a platform where people can share Vidyard content. But another big focus um, for us is just um, for our sales folks in particular, um, fostering and finding who those people who are already creating great content and just encouraging and fostering that. So we really like to see our employees, they don't have to be sharing about video. What we want to see them share is like, what's your area of expertise and just sharing with the larger community. So for our sales folks, like they could be talking about a tips or tricks for creating great video, but they could just be talking about a great customer interaction they had or a fail they had, or maybe they're selling, like sharing some sales meme or some relatable thing to their community. Um, so they're not pushing Vidyard, they're not pushing video. Again, they're driving conversations and it's relatable to their peers out in the sales community at large. And by extension, for those folks who are comfortable sharing, um, people start to see them as leaders in space. And they're like, where do you work? Vidyard, what's Vidyard? So it's just- The knock-on effect, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so it's not gross or- uh, inauthentic. It's just more by encouraging those folks who are already, um, and yeah, not pushing them too much of like, oh, you should talk about this or do this. And that could be any position within your company. Um, so your HR team, how they're recruiting, how they're doing things, like you, they have things to share with the lead, like larger HR community or content marketers or social media people. Um, so whatever your area of expertise is, you have something to say or share or offer. Um, it doesn't have to be about your product or service. Um, so I think as long as it's authentic um, and just finding out who those people are, um, yeah. And are you getting a lot of, because I, you know, I know, particularly for sales people and marketing people, they tend to be the people that are kind of, you know, building their personal brands by the nature of what they do, right? You, you, you get a lot 
more people that are working in those departments you know building their brands and developing their own kind of you know personalities online are you i guess how are you guys doing with with the rest of the company right so hr these other departments are you getting a lot of those people involved as well are you are you you know is the is the cfo creating content for linkedin um it's a mix so with the amplification um like software platform absolutely Mm -hmm. that's cross company and we do see folks across the company sharing um vidyard content from there um and then our execs are are pretty good our head of revenue he's often on linkedin and he's really active and yeah it's just more persona based so yeah we're always encouraging um but it's going to come down to comfort level too right yeah of course yeah if somebody doesn't want to do it it's not something that you want to force but yeah it's just sort of um even just yeah actively see who you're connected with on linkedin and you're just having to see within your organization wow you're posting really great stuff and then um even from um we have a slack channel called like amplify me so if we see like a customer or an employee that's posted something really awesome on linkedin we're like hey go give this a like or comment or something boost it yeah to boost it a bit and then i think for people creating if they see that it's going to encourage them to create more right and again coming back to that conversation starters and um yeah so even like our employee content if it's really awesome like from the corporate handle we'll give it a comment or a like and engage with it that way so it's just encouraging those folks to just keep keep doing it um yeah have, have you got any i a bit of a side note I, I follow this guy i don't know if you do called tom boston he is like a massive particularly in the uk he's become like this massive sales influencer works at sales loft uh, i think i think he's an sdr i think he's just but he's built this massive very like funny personality does like hilarious skits on linkedin um, and has built a massive audience and kind of as a result has almost become like the if you look at you know a lot of what like sales loft do now he is the guy that sponsors he is the guy that's like the front runner of all of their webinars he's become like almost the face of the company if you know at least for in europe and the uk Mm. um i i find that fascinating because i i almost see I don't know if you're starting to see this with certain individuals. Certain individuals are now almost shaping the content strategy. I've I've seen Tom almost host his own webinars that he's created. He he names some of the sales loft webinars. It's all led by him. Do you do you see that starting to happen more where there literally will be individuals that almost in a way start to shape how the content marketing engine is run and certain events? Are you starting to see that? Yeah, I would say absolutely. And I think it comes back again, it's persona based, but um how people are building their professional brands and so I, sales loft, loft is a great example i think we worked um with a number of their sdrs and bdrs and the content they create is amazing and um yeah you see a lot of them like presenting on webinars and yeah. our internal sales folks do that as well whereas like they are running sales teams or they're frontline sales people but they're also presenting because yeah, they are. They're building those networks and they're great people to drive the content strategy because they are the ones having the conversations, knowing the pains. And um, so we do work closely with um, our customers and our sales community at large and our own sales folks to kind of um, get ideas and bring that in. And yeah, so that's a really good point. Yeah, no, I think it will be a, it'll be really interesting. I've, you know, I've, I think sales loft seems to be leading that charge a little bit. They've, I think you've got like Charlotte Johnson, who's now become massive in that space as well. They've, yeah, they're 
it'll be interesting to see how that develops and how how many individuals literally become the faces you know the faces of of of, of these brands and then the challenge becomes retaining those people exactly right? yeah um, yeah like which is a whole other want, conversation like you, you, it's <laughs> wonderful to give them the platform and then you're, you yeah. want to keep them right um, yeah 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 no i i i already see sdr people well, tom boston I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if his salary becomes significantly bigger <laughs> <laughs> and becomes their like their yeah head of head of brand whatever he becomes yeah because yeah. it's I'm, I'm 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 sure he's doing a lot of good uh for for for, for the guys that sells loft um I guess the, the, the one of the final things I wanted to talk about, which I think is really interesting that you guys are doing, is the sales feed brand. I know you've kind of recently launched this, um, mm-hmm. so we don't need to get into it too much. But I just think it's really interesting, right? Because there seems to be a bit of a a bit of a gold rush, if I had to phrase it right now, for B two B brands and almost them either acquiring. We saw it with HubSpot, you know, acquiring their own media communities or you know, trying to build their own communities either underneath their own company brand or as a separate like media entity. So I guess, I mean, one of the first questions is why, why did you decide to to build this sales feed media entity as its own individual brand as to, you know, as opposed to just, you know, creating the content under, under the video brand? Um, yeah, so it is brand spanking new. Really excited mm. about it. There's, I don't know if yeah. you've seen any of the content. Yet. I have, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was watching some of them before. It's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's it's great. Um, yeah. So we're having a lot of fun with it, and yeah, so they're just um, in the process of sort of building out a, mm. a separate team to create content and social and manage all of that. Um, so we're really excited to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, the the strategy about doing a separate entity, uh, we've sort of again, over this last kind of year and a half, two years where we've gone remote, like we've made an insane amount of connections with the sales community at large, whether that be for the webinars that we're hosting or the conversations we're having on LinkedIn, the connections we're making, um, people have started using our product um, and the idea to build this platform to engage with a broader community of our target audience, but focusing more on content that they care about and entertains them versus what like we're always creating content with them in mind from the corporate perspective, mm-hmm. but um, ultimately it's to drive awareness and demand. So really focusing on what does that community at large care about and how can we sort of share more with an even larger community as an extension of the Vidyard brand, but then it's not Vidyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we decided to launch the sales feed. Um, so yeah, it's basically like a community that, yeah, it doesn't have to be video. It's just sales in general. Just a sale. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we, we can get a little broader in what we're talking about. We can connect um, with different subject matter experts. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the strategy mm. behind it mm. or What's, why we did it. And, and, and before we get into kind of... Um, the actual content strategy there and some of the some of the different content that you're that you're creating for that for that uh, kind of media media brand what's like your thought around um kind of a, you know companies now starting to acquire and i guess partnering with current media brands i've the amount of companies for example that i've seen particularly in the sales space that are you know partnering with corporate bro right mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. massive now he he is ross is like everywhere yeah. uh, and you know the amount of podcasts that I, that I see him on now with different sales, you know, brands and companies. It's, it's crazy. 
what what's your thought with that you know i a kind of companies now acquiring media brands but also partnering with you know people like corporate bro these different media brand personalities yeah it's um definitely that we're seeing something more and more of and then since people are kind of hopping on it there must be something there there's an appetite for it the question like how much um like will it get super saturated and um people again acquiring for acquiring stake like what's the motivation behind yeah. it um so it's interesting i guess it, it it depends on the motivation right if it's not coming from a place of building true community mm-hmm. um and engagement and conversation yeah people are gonna unfollow pretty quickly and then Another thing, if there's not resources devoted to growing and fostering that community, again, it's going to kind of die out. So it'll be interesting, I think, in the next six months to a year Mm -hmm. to see where all these folks go. And then, um, yeah, like how you stay fresh and current and grab attention, because I'm not sure yet how many different feeds Mm. do people want to subscribe to. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see it play out because I think at the very core of what makes like a community successful, it's not it's usually not very scalable things. It's not very, you know, it is very kind of one to one connection relationship led. So it will be it will be interesting, I guess, to see some of the titans of scaling fast to to see how they actually do build, you know, these like relationship driven communities, because like you said, that's that's how you build a successful community it's not it's not a very scalable thing um so yeah no it will be it'll be interesting so i guess i guess circling back um to the to the uh, sales field con sales sales feed content sorry what what type of content are you creating there like what's the what's the kind of content strategy with that i know i've, I've seen quite a lot of like funny type of videos that you're producing what's what's the strategy there and are you partnering with you know like sales influencers to, to yeah. create that content yeah so we're building out the team and the team is um the hope is that we're actually going to get real salespeople as part of the team um so again talking about those uh sales folks that are sort of straddling to the content creator side of like who are those people and then building them in and like letting them thrive and foster in that kind of environment from uh, content creation and community building so the idea is um the people building and driving it are actually salespeople so they know um so there's that kind of nice piece of it and then when it comes to the actual content creation it's that gap and intersection between education and entertainment um so things that are fun and funny but and you can relate to as a sales professional but then also who are yeah subject matter experts in the field that could talk about different aspects of selling um so the different content opportunities there'll be lots of fun things like the um spoofs that you've seen so far in the video content but then there'll be podcast based um you know educational content and all kinds of um things that will be coming out of it um Mm. So yeah, it's- I think sellertainment seems to be the <laughs> thrown around. Um, so yeah, they'll definitely be in-house subject matter experts, but then yeah. we'll work with mm-hmm. uh, friendlies and SMEs out in the larger community as well. Mm-hmm. And is is there is there like a community? I guess like a community backbone to that. Is it is it literally just content that you're creating? And are you just kind of is the community the, the kind of social side of it? on these different social channels or is there actually like a a community like on slack for example where you're 
where you're trying to build out this this actual community we're starting on social um so the idea is that we primarily i think youtube and linkedin is where we want to start building um and again we can have those conversations and share that not necessarily in a, a more closed setting I guess where you would be more in in, um, slack but yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes Um, that's where we're starting as sort of public social forums and then what's the appetite and fostering that interest and then maybe streaming that into other opportunities like slack and newsletters and and that kind of um, interaction I think awesome well look I've really really enjoyed this conversation I think we've 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 covered a lot there and it you know uh I, th- I think you guys are doing some really really interesting stuff and i'll particularly with the sales fee brand i'd love to have a conversation in, you know six 12 months from now and see see how that's developed and just see content wise where that's at because i think it'll be really interesting to see yeah see how it develops and, and to see the different content that you're that you're producing for that brand so yeah i've i've really enjoyed this conversation so Aaron, thank you for coming on uh and i hope you've enjoyed it as well i have thank you so much joseph awesome okay And guys, I will see you in the next episode of the How We Make Content podcast. See ya.